0: I want to give um, I want to give our Lord and Savior all the glory this morning. Let's just lift our hands. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you for this um, word that you've placed on my heart this week, God, and um, that I can do it any justice, Father. And um, thank you for your people here this morning, God. We pray that your work just does a deep, a deep work in them this morning, God. There is things that needs to be broken off in this house so we can move forward in what you have for us ahead, Father God. We thank you so much. Just leave it at the door. <laughs> and you are here. We are united, this people of God, in your house this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a seat. Have a seat. <laughs> I was like, you don't peek too early you got to work this up. <laughs> I get a little bit excited. That's all right. <laughs> um, I, I was having a, a bit of a hard time this week thinking about what to um, bring you this, I was going to say this morning. It's taken me a while to get back into this routine. Afternoons. Are people liking it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is different, isn't it? <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but you know, we'll see how it goes anyway. Um, so, yeah, these afternoons and, and getting back into a routine. This is, we're only four weeks back after a huge lockdown. So, I think it's trying to get into the motions again. We're feeling it in our family. Uh, Timothy's back at work now. He's not at home as much. We've got two of the eldest ones are off to school. And it's, it's strange, in a way, getting back into those rhythms. And I keep saying, God, like... What rhythms have got to change? What has got to keep going and what's got to stop? You know, I think it's an interesting time anyway. And so this week I was also, I did prepare a little kids lesson for the kids in kids church and I was just, I was stuck on this idea and I said, all right, I ministered to the kids and I've done their plan. I'm going to bring it to the adults too. (laughs) So we're learning the same things today, but it's good. And I had this funny a really strange story from when I was a kid to bring you. So, buckle up. <laughs> okay, so I had this really, uh, it, it seems uneventful, but I'll, I'll work it into the story and you'll get it eventually. So, anyone love show bags? Oh, come on. They're like the best thing when you're a kid and you go to a carnival and you're like having the right show bag. Oh, man in the peak of the 90s, show bags were almost dangerous, like the toys they put in there. <laughs> and I, it had like foil wigs and I just love it. I, had, I got this show bag, must have been from the Canberra show or something. And I thought this was just like my treasure. I was going to, I even took it to church the next day. I was like, I'm, this is coming with me. This is my goods. <laughs> I had lollies in it and things. And, and so... Uh, at the service I grew up in, they used to have a morning service. Then you'd have lunch and you'd come back for a second session. It was really long, like, <laughs> for kids. So mum said, oh, you have to leave your show bag here. We're going to go out for lunch. I thought, oh, do not have to? You know, It's like my precious. And so I left it on the chair, went, went out for lunch, come back, and the show bag was empty. <laughs> Cue the tears. Cue the seven-year-old Sheree tears, angry. I was just like, are you serious? This is meant to be a church. (laughs) Someone stole my goodies. So anyway, I was so mad and I knew exactly who it was. I knew exactly who it was. You know, when you're young and I went to a semi-small church, but there was only another girl my age, so you're like forced to be friends. Did you ever do that? Maybe did it to your kids. (laughs) And so it's like, oh, come and play with so-and-so, you know, you'll be best friends. And you're like, I don't actually like the person, but Okay that's all right. We, we'll, <laughs> we'll work on it. Anyway, so tears came to mum. She s- set up a meeting. Oh, I think so and so stolen, you know, all the goodies. And anyway, for me, that was a big turning point. Like I just, there was, we had to work on this relationship, me and this girl, because we saw it all the time. And like, she just always got up to no good <laughs> and taking things. And fast forward years later, um, uh, I left that church, probably I was, you know, just about to get married to Timothy, uh, about uh, 19. And we had, a, I had a friend pass away um, probably five years ago. Another friend I grew up in church with, he passed away very young. And I saw this girl at the funeral, the showbag bag, Lolly Steele. <laughs> I mean, she had a name, but you know. And um, and, and we had a really good chat and we caught up and we were both expecting a um, her first baby and my second. I was pregnant at the time with Sailor, and and do you know what? Like after that conversation and that meeting her again, God says, "Remember, remember that showbag time." I was like, yes, <laughs> and He said that was a turning point for you, Sheree. You chose in that moment, and I couldn't remember this, I chose to forgive her and be united with her and love her, even though it was like so precious to me. <laughs> I mean, it seems so silly, right? I know it seems silly in retrospect, but to me, there was a turning point there as a child, as a young child, whether I chose to do God's ways or I chose to basically seed a root of bitterness and unforgiveness right there and then. That could have changed the course of my life. Whoa, that was a big weekend. I was just like grieving an old friend, and then God's reminding me of the path that He's taken me on. And and retrospectively, um, I, I, I for many of you, you may not know um, our story. We got married really young, Timothy and I. Um, we were nineteen, babies, <laughs> and I never wanted to be married ever. I didn't even want to touch a boy with a stick, let alone be married that early. I, I was convinced I was going to be um, a missionary and just, I, I just wanted to follow God and I just thought that I had to be single. <laughs> it seemed good. Um, and I'm saying these stories to say, to paint a picture that God has better plans for us and that we can pair with God's plans and if I said no to Timothy... I wouldn't be here being able to minister to you today and I wouldn't have grown in what God has had for me um, over the last 15 years or so. So I praise God and as many, as, as we all know as humans, we want to control a lot of our moments and the hurts we have in our life and we wrestle with God for control I want to go this way, God. I'm definitely going to be a missionary. And God says, "Wait a second. Here's this tall glass of water over here. I'm going to introduce you to. And you go a different way." You think I think a lot of us as Christians, like in my probably immaturity in faith too, I would always say, you know, you know that song, "Jesus Take the Wheel." You know that one? Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, it's a great one. Jesus, take the wheel. We're like, yes, God, steer us in whatever direction. But secretly, I've just got my foot on the brake. You, you guide me, God, but I'm just going to slow this down because I don't want to go where you want me to go. There's been many a moment where I've done that. <laughs> but I just wanted, I wanted for you to grasp this morning that God has plans for your life. And we are given free will and free choice whether we choose it or not. Whether we choose Him or not. Your life may not be where you want it right now. Your relationships or your ministry or you might be feeling on the outer. Where do you want me, God? These are good questions. But God is in control of your future. And if He's in control of our future, do we really have free will? it's a good question. You see, knowing that someone will do what, he, what we will do, God knows what we will do, is not the same as causing someone to act that way. So he doesn't force us into any of these choices. He is omniscient. Have you heard that word, omniscient? Lots of om words, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He has knowledge of everything. He knows all the possibilities of your choices whether you forgive the lolly thief or if you don't, whether you say yes to a relationship or don't, whether you take that job opportunity or don't, he knows endless possibilities of all of your choices because he knows everything and all things. That blows my mind. (laughs) God is not forcing history to be a certain way, but he's bringing good out of it, whatever way we take it. God's going to bring good because he knows he wins in the end. Amen? There's two different ways that God knows knows the future, causally and relationally. Causally, he can say certain things will happen because he can bring them about. He brought Jesus about, didn't he? He brought Jesus down to earth. Over 300 biblical prophecies, which all came true, was about Jesus. And they came true because God has the all-knowing, all-present power to go into the future and reveal them to us through Scripture and to reveal it to His people. We can choose to participate in His plans, but He will never override your choice. It's always a choice. It's a choice whether you sit here today. It's a choice whether you let God do the work in you. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. It's always a choice. You can opt in or you can opt out. Relationally, relationally, we can predict to some extent the people that we know and love, what their behaviours will do. Can we not? I always know around weddings that my mum goes a bit nuts. Like, I don't even know what it is. She just goes a bit cuckoo. It's probably letting the kids go and it's big drama. We keep, the people that we know around us, to some extent, we know their behaviours and how they'll, they'll, they'll act. How much more does a God who intrinsically knows everything and intimately knows you will know how you will behave and how, what you will choose You see, he gave the option to Mary to birth Jesus. And people say, well, what if she said no? I mean, she has that free will and she had that choice, didn't she? But he knew her heart so deeply, more than anyone else ever knew. And he knew who he was entrusting this choice to. So he didn't remove her free will. But God said, I know someone that's ready. I know someone that has the heart but he never forced. He never removed that choice. (laughs) He has infinite knowledge of our hearts. He can predict all that is beginning to unfold by his knowledge of everything in us, everything, how he made us, our personalities, our quirks. See, God already knows how the book ends. (laughs) He knows, but It's not just this cognitive idea of God that's outside and above us. God wants to step it through and walk through history with us. He is here right now and he wants to walk through your life with you. He made us as persons in his image. He also made us as partners with him. Making decisions that bring about history. Image bearers that can make choices to walk away from his plan. You got that choice. Or to be a part of his plan. In Luke seven thirty, but the Pharisees and the experts in law rejected God's purposes for themselves. Even the religious people rejected God's plans for them because they got so locked on to the idea of <sighs> routine structure, law, they actually rejected God's plans. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Can you bring that one up for me? It's a bit small, but it's all right. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I kept coming back to Jeremiah, um, the Prophet Jeremiah book. It was just, it, it just blows my mind. So I was like, okay, all right, Lord, we'll stay there. <laughs> I think where I should go God has plans for us and yes he can intervene at times I've seen him intervene and heal people and I've seen him choose not to as well God has that power and that free will and he's given us that free will as his created beings we have the power to affect others as well around us. Our our effects are limited, but God has infinite measure on his effect. You see, sadly, humans override other people's freedom all the time. Freedom of choice means that I can affect not only my life, but the life of others. So... In sinful, in sinful ways, we can affect those that we love. We can verbally abuse them. We can control them. We can hurt them. It's not God's ways. God's given us free will and choice, but unfortunately, we're fallen and we make mistakes. In a simple measure, we can override someone's freedom and harm them. But we could use our freedom of will and that choice, that free will choice to affect others positively. See, as a parent, I have a certain amount, I guess, of God-given authority um, over our children and we get to affect their lives. I think that's one of the biggest things when you step into parenthood is realising, I've been given these fresh babies, these fresh pieces of clay and I get to impart, or I can hurt, maybe like bring up stuff that I've dealt with as a child as well, or I can form them and show them Jesus. Because I have that authority over my children doesn't mean that they don't have free will, but I know them intimately, that I know if I'll put Nutella toast in front of them and broccoli on one side, I'm pretty sure I know the way they're going to choose because <laughs> I know them intimately. I know them, but I'm, it doesn't remove their free will. You see, God is our authority over us and He loves us, but He uses that authority not to dictate our choices and our free will and where we should go. He uses it to have relationship with us. God uses His authority to have relationship with us. Someone needs to hear that today because, I mean, look, I came out of the womb automatically rebellious, I like to say. I came out with a chip on my shoulder for all forms of authority. (laughs) Confessional time. Okay. Um, So, I always struggled with um, people. If people said for me to go one way, I automatically want to go the opposite way. It's just inbuilt into me. I can't even, I've had to deal with that with God. I say, God, (laughs) I struggle with this. But God uses his authority. God has taught me over the years that his authority is to have relationship with me. It's not to dictate to me his plans and these choices I have to follow, he just says, "I want to come with me, come alongside me." Okay, let me dig a bit deeper. Jeremiah eighteen. This is where I'm getting this from. Jeremiah eighteen one, and I've titled this: "The Potter is not a forceful artist." God wants to deliver a prophecy to Israel here and he wants to talk to his prophet, Jeremiah. And before he wants to show him, before he wants to give him these words, he actually wants to show him. And he's like, I'll give you the image, but actually better than that, I'm going to go for a stroll down to your local pottery club and I'm going to show you what this potter's doing. I love that because I'm like, yes, God, I'm so visual and practical. That's how I learned too. (laughs) That's so cool. So Jeremiah goes down and this it says in chapter 1 to sorry 18 chapter 18 verse 1 to 5 The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord Arise Jeremiah and go down to the potter's house and there I will hear there I will let you hear my words So I went down to the potter's house and there he was working at his wheel and the vessel he was making out of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand and he worked it, reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good for the potter to do. I don't know, have you ever done pottery? Has anyone ever done pottery? Oh, only a handful? Pottery is actually really hard to do and usually if, if something is spoiled, Oh, it's, it's just such a pain. Like for me, if I was working this piece of clay and you've spent ages doing it and something comes out really imperfect on it, I'd just be I just like, all right, I'm just going to keep working this and I'm just going to, more water, and I'm just going to make it into what I want it to be. I'd force it because I spent, you know, 100 hours trying to make this pot. It's really frustrating. But you see here, it says, and the vessel he was making out of clay was spoiled in his hand. It got a bit of a kink or it tore or it opened. And he reworked it into another vessel. So he didn't just throw it away and just like, like force it in. He's like, you know what? That's okay. We'll just rework it into another shape. He adjusted it. You see, he did not force. God is not controlling you but redeeming you. Hold that thought. We're we'll going to verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, I cannot, I, can I not do with you as this potter has done? declares the Lord. So he's giving him this image. God's taken Jeremiah down here and he said, Look at this, look what this potter's doing. Now this is the word that's going to burn on your heart. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. O house of Israel, if at any time I declare concerning a nation or kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, he has that power to do that. And if that that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. So what we're seeing here, this illustration does not only demonstrate God's right to display judgment, but also his right to display mercy. He was free to work with a previously uh, marred vessel or broken vessel if he, chose, if he chooses to do so. Yet he was also free to take back the good he has done to the nation if it was evil in his sight. God had free will to change his mind. The main lesson here is that God is free to respond to his people according to their choices. And previous promises of God do not restrict the exercise of his correction or justice. He's a just God. He's a right God. He wants to form you. He is a good potter. He wants to work with you. He doesn't want to crush your choices to choose him. He wants to come alongside you, like I said, in all relationship, in his authority to say, you know what, all right, Israel's not going to do this, all right, we're going to try again in his grace. God wants to form you and help you and guide you for he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Will you choose his plans? That is the question. Are you choosing his plans? Are you choosing him with your words, with what you watch, with how you pray? We have choice. See, God's commitment to his creation is not control. Look, we're going to hurt and we're going to be hurt by others. But God's commitment to us is to bring good out of it. We're going to get marked. Our little clay pots are going to get scraped up, dented. Even the kids, I, I, we actually brought clay for them to make little clay pots today. And I thought of that. I wrote this in this lesson even before God gave me Jeremiah 18. I thought, that's so bizarre. Thank you, God. In the story of Joseph and in the, in the colourful coat, if you if any of you know um, your your Bible and that story, and his brothers sold him into slavery, right? They were jealous of the guy. And he just had it, his his father favored him, so his brothers were like, nah, we had enough of him, we got rid of him. And he had a hard run. But eventually, God's favor worked him up into really high places of council and he was overseeing, there was suddenly a famine in the um, land and he was overseeing all the food and supplies and guess who comes back? Who needs some food? The brothers. (laughs) You see, I love that he says in this, it's in Genesis and he says, as for you, you meant evil against me but God meant it for good you're going to have hurts, you're going to have people try and derail you from God's plans and you can choose forgiveness, you can choose bitterness or you can choose God's way. Forgiveness, you can choose God's way. There was this song that kept playing in my head, it's a really old hymn. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's in the purple um, text, if we can bring it up. For I don't worry about my future. Do you know this one? Anyone? It's an old hymn. I don't know. Oh, no. Okay, that's all right. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> no. I don't know what, I don't worry about my future for I know what Jesus said. And today he walks beside me and he knows what lies ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know, I know, I know about tomorrow. I don't know. I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. Do you know that part? Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> it's great. And that just, uh, I was putting the kids to bed and that just kept going over and over in my head. And I said, Timothy, do you know where this song is? Like what, <laughs> where did that come from? And we can't know what tomorrow holds. That's for our omniscient, amazing God that knows our futures. But we know that we can choose Jesus right now. We know that he is full of grace and he wants to woo each and every one of our hearts with his grace and his love. I am... It is legalism and the spirit of religion which does not woo people's hearts. This is hard for me because I came, my upbringing was very legalistic. The way we would even worship God, you couldn't raise your hands. It was everything was control in a box. And... I want you to leave that legalism at the door when you come in church. I want any spirit of religion and control does not belong in this house. We do not need perfection in this house to live our plans out that God has ahead for us. We do not need to look a certain way that Christians are meant to look. We are free in this house. And we are rude by his grace. We're in love with Jesus. And that's why we're here. Church, I just want you to know the plans he has for you are better than the ones that you can choose. In any act of rebellion where you don't want God's plans because it's hard or it's (laughs) it's too much, his plans are worth it. I just feel like there's some, I just can't get there. It's just, oh, Lord, what is it? <laughs> Jesus' blood covers the past, the present and the future. Jesus' blood is powerful in this house. He has done a mighty and miraculous work. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on. We're going to take this home. We're going to get rid of all religion and spirit of legalism in this house. It does not belong because we have Jesus. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to act a certain way. You don't have to worship a certain way. We have Jesus. You are free in this house. You are free. You are free to work and to choose His will for your life. Come on. You are free. Are you going to choose Him now? Are you going to walk out this door? Are you going to choose Jesus this week? Do you really want Him? Or do you want to look like you want Him? We want truth. We want real Jesus followers here. We do not require perfection. Out. We rebuke it. Be gone. Come in your brokenness. Come in all humility. He is waiting and willing with the plans He has for you. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was like, Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but we're going. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, we know who holds our future, but are you going to take his hand? We know who holds our future. Lift your voices with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, that we may have gone the wrong way, the wrong step, Father, but you're going to bring us in line and guide us, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit that's in this house. We will listen. We will listen to where you call us to minister, God. We will listen where you call us to preach, God. We will listen where you call us to rebuke, God. We will, call, we will go where you say, go, Father God we will cast off any preconceived notions of what we think this walk is meant to look like and we will meet you at your feet, Jesus, because that is where we belong in worship to you. God, we, we, we're sorry. Say sorry to God for when you have gone the wrong way. Say sorry and repent to Him for the words that have come out of your mouth. God, we repent. We, we come to you in all humility, God. We need you desperately, God. We only want you. We don't want anything shiny and controlled, God. We just want you, Father. Jesus, come on. Let it out. If you've got anything to give Him, you give it to Him now. I want you to go into your week strong and equipped and encouraged for Jesus this week. Let it go. Let it go. Unforgiveness be gone in Jesus' name. Come on. Let it go. Hallelujah, Jesus. Any control? Oh, come on. Who wants their future guided by God? Raise your hands. Who's going to pray for you? God, we want to lean into the plans that you have for us because they are so much better than what we had. God, we just pray over these hands that are lifted today that you're going to do a mighty work, God. Come to them in their dreams, God. Speak to them through the word, Lord. Let them grow closer to you, closer and closer every day. House of freedom in your mighty name, we pray. Come on, come on, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I could keep going. (laughs) I could keep going. Well, let's just tell them, come on, we're just going to break it off. If you want to worship, you worship free in this house, okay? Free in this house, amen. Thanks, Chris.